3, Tion figure 22, each bed was wide enough for two girls and the shelter ample to accommodate comfortably for campers, there could have been one more bed, when the tent would have sheltered six girls, in the late fall, the guide removed the waterproof tent covering and kept it in a safe, dry place until needed, leaving the beds and bare tent frame standing, there was a smaller tent and also a lean-to in this camp, the dining table, contrived of logs and boards, was sheltered by a square of canvas on a rustic frame figure 23, the camp dishes of white enamel ware were kept in a wooden box, nailed to a clothes by tree, in this box the guide had put shelves, resting them on wooden cleats, the cupboard had a door that shut tight and fastened securely to keep out the little wild creatures of the woods, pots, kettles, frying pan, etc. hung on the stubs of a slender tree where branches and top had been locked off figure 24, the sealed foods were stowed away in a box cupboard, and canned goods were cached in a cave-like spot under a huge rock, with openings secured by stones, the walls of the substantial fireplace, fully two feet high, were of big stones, the center filled in part way with earth, and the cook fire was made on top of the earth, so there was not the slightest danger of the fire spreading, the soft, warm, cheerful colored camp blankets when not in use were stored carefully under cover of a waterproof tent-like storehouse, with the canvas sides dropped from the ridge pole, both sides and flaps securely fastened and the entire storehouse made proof against intrusion. This camp was located near a lake in the mountain forest and its charm was indescribably delightful. Tents tents in almost endless variety of shapes and sizes are manufactured and sold by camp outfitters and sporting goods shops. The tents range from small canoe tents, accommodating one person only, to the large wall tents for four or more people. When using tents, difficulties of transportation and extra weight can be overcome by having tent poles and pegs cut in the forest. If you purchase tents, full instructions for erection go with them. Write for illustrated catalogs to various outfitters and look the books over carefully before buying. Your choice will depend upon your party, length of stay, and location of camp. You may be able to secure a discarded army tent that has never been used, is in good condition, and has been condemned merely for some unimportant blemish. Such tents are very serviceable and can be purchased at government auctions, or from dealers who themselves have bought them from the government. A large square 7 by 7 feet, or more, of balloon silk, waterproof cloth, or even heavy unbleached sheeting, will be found most full in camp so strong tape strings at the four corners and at intervals along the sides for tying to shelters, etc. The waterproof cloth will serve as a drop curtain in front of the lean-do during a hard storm, or as carpet cloth over ground of shelter, also as an extra shelter, either lean-do or tent style, any of the three materials can do duty as windbreak, fly to shelter, or dining canopy, and may be used in other ways. Camp beds to derive joy and strength from your outing it is of serious importance that you sleep well every night while at camp, and your camp bed must be comfortable to ensure a good night's rest. About that is one of the joys of the forest when it is well made, and to put it together properly will require about half an hour's time, but the delight of sleeping on a soft balsam bed perfumed with the pungent odors of the balsam will well repay for the time expended. Bobette tips of balsam broken off with your fingers about 14 inches long make the best of beds, but hemlock, spruce, and other evergreens can be used, if they are not obtainable. The fan-like branches from other trees may take their place. Of these you will need a large quantity, in order to have the bed springy and soft. Always place the outdoor bed with the head well under cover and foot toward the opening of shelter.
or if without shelter, toward the fire, make the bed by arranging the branches shingle-like in very thick overlapping rows, convex side up, directly on the ground with thick end of stems toward the foot, push these ends into the ground so that the tips will be raised slantingly up from the earth, make the rows which will come under the hips extra thick and springy, continue placing the layers in this manner until the space for single or double bed, as the case may be, is covered with the first layer of your green mattress, over it make another layer of branches, reversing the ends of these dips from those underneath by pushing the thick ends of branches of this top layer slantingly into the under layer toward the head of the bed with tips toward the foot, make more layers, until the bed is about 2 feet thick figure 25, then cover the mattress thus made with your poncho, rubber side down, and on top spread one of the sleeping blankets, using the other one as a cover, be sure to allow plenty of time for this work and have the bed dry and soft. Bag bed when the camp is located where there is no material for a bed. Each girl can carry with her a bag 3 feet wide and 6 and 1 half feet long. Made of strong cloth, ticking, soft khaki, or like material. To be filled with leaves, grass, or other browse found on or near the campgrounds. Such a mattress made up with poncho and blankets is very satisfactory. But it must be well filled so that when you lie on the mattress it will not mash flat and hard. Cop bed for an entire summer camp army cops which fold for packing are good and very comfortable with a deviled, thick quilt placed on top for a mattress. The sporting goods stores show a great variety of other beds, cops, and sleeping bags, and a line to them will bring illustrated catalogs. Or, if in the city, you can call and see the goods, any of the beds I have described, however, can be used to advantage and I heartily endorse the well-made bow bed, especially if of balsam. Pillows make a bag one-half yard square of brown linen or cotton cloth, and when you reach camp, gather the best brows you can find for filling, but be careful about having the pillow too full, keep it soft and comfortable. If there is no brows, use clean underwear in its place. Fasten the open end of the bag together with large-sized patent dress snappers. One of the pleasantest phases of a season's camping are the little side trips for overnight. You hit the trail that leads to the chosen spot located some two or three, perhaps six or seven, miles distant, a place absolutely dry, where you can enjoy the fun of sleeping on the ground without shelter, having nearly the starry sky for a canopy. Each girl can select the spot where she is to sleep and free it from all twigs, stones, etc. as the smallest and most insignificant of these will rob her of sleep and make the night most uncomfortable. When the space is smooth mark the spot where the shoulders rest when lying down and another spot immediately under the hips. Then dig a hollow for each to fit in easily, cover the sleeping space with poncho, rubber side down, and over this lay a folded blanket for a mattress. Using the second blanket as a cover, your sleep will then probably be sound and refreshing. Guards establish watchers for this temporary camp, in relays to keep guard through the night and care for the fire, not allowing it to spread, grow too hot, or die down and go out, if there are eight in the party, the first two, starting in at 10 p.m. will keep vigil until 12 midnight, bees may chance to see a porcupine or other small wild animal, but the little creatures will not come too near as long as your campfire is burning, the next two watchers will be on duty until 2 a.m. and will doubtless hear, if not see, some of the wildlife of the forest, the third couple's turn lasts until 4 a.m., then the last two will be awakened in time to see the sun rise, listen to the twittering and singing of the wild birds, and possibly catch a glimpse of wild deer, with 6 a.m. comes broad daylight, 
and the ever-to-be-remembered night in the open is past and gone. These side trips bring you into closer touch with nature, quicken your love for, and a desire to know more of, the wild, and, much to the delight of the campers keeping guard through the hours of the night, there comes a keen sense of the unusual, of novel experience, of strangeness and adventure. Exercise while wholesome camping calls for sufficient physical exercise to cause a girl to be blissfully tired at night, and yet awake and refreshed and full of energy the next morning with a good appetite for breakfast, until you become accustomed to the outdoor life. It is best to curb your ambition to outdo the other girls in strength and endurance. It is best not to overtax yourself by traveling too far on a long trail at one stretch, or by lifting too heavy a log, stone, or other weight. The campfire the outdoor fire in camp bespeaks cheer, comfort, and possibilities for a hot dinner, all of which the camper appreciates. How to build a fire choose an open space, if possible, for your fire. Beware of having it under tree branches, too near a tent, or in any other place that might prove dangerous. Start your fire with the tinder nearest at hand, dry leaves, ferns, twigs, cones, birch bark, or pine knot slivers. As the tinder begins to burn, add kindling wood of larger size, always remembering that the air must circulate under and upward through the kindling, no fire can live without air any more than you can live without breathing, smother a person and he will die, smother a fire and it will die, soft woods are best to use after lighting the tinder, they ignite easily and burn quickly, such as pine, spruce, alder, birch, soft maple, balsam fir, and others. When the kindling is blazing put on still heavier wood, until you have a good, steady fire. Hard wood is better than soft when the fire is well going, it burns longer and can usually be depended upon for a reliable fire, not sending out sparks or sputtering, as do many of the soft woods, but burning well and giving a fine bed of hot coals. The tree belonging exclusively to America, and which is the best of the hardwoods, comes first on the hardwood list. This is hickory, pecan. Chestnut oak, black birch, basket oaks, white birch, maple, dogwood, beech, red and yellow birch, ash, and applewood when obtainable are excellent. Cook fire make the cook fire small and hot, then you can work over it in comfort and not scorch both hands and face when trying to get near enough to cook, as would be the case if the fire were large. When in a hurry use dry bark as wood for the cook fire, hemlock, pine, hickory and other bark make a hot fire in a short time, and water will boil quickly over a bark fire, log cabin fire start this fire with two good sized short sticks or logs, place them about one foot apart parallel to each other, at each end across these lay two smaller sticks, and in the hollow square formed by the four sticks, put the tinder of cones, birch bark, or dry leaves, across the two upper sticks and over the tinder, Make a grate by laying slender kindling sticks across from and resting on top of the two upper large sticks, over the grate, at right angles to the sticks forming it. Place more sticks of larger size. Continue in this way, building the log cabin fire until the structure is one foot or so high, each layer being placed at right angles to the one beneath it. The fire must be lighted from beneath in the pile of tinder. I learned this method when on the Pacific Slope. The fire burns quickly and the log cabin plan is a good one to follow when heating the bean hole, as the fire can be built over the hole, and in burning the red hot coals will fall down into it, or the fire can be built directly in the hole, both ways are used by campers, fire in the rain to build a fire in the rain with no dry wood in sight seems a difficult problem, but keep cheerful, hum your favorite tune, 
and look for a pine knot or birch bark and an old dead stump or log. In the center of the dead wood you will find dry wood, dig it out and, after starting the fire with either birch bark or pine knot, use the dry wood as kindling. When it begins to burn, add larger pieces of wood, and soon the fire will grow strong enough to burn wet wood. If there happens to be a big rock in your camp, Build your fire on the sheltered side and directly against the stone, which will act as a windbreak and keep the driving rain from extinguishing the fire. A slightly shelving bank would also form a shelter for it. A pine knot is always a good friend to the girl camper, both in dry and wet weather, but is especially friendly when it rains and everything is dripping wet. You will find pine knots in wooded sections where pine trees grow, or, if you are located near water where there are no trees, Look for pine knots and driftwood washed ashore. When secured cut thin slices down part way all around the elongated knot and circle it with many layers of shavings until the knot somewhat resembles a toy tree. The inside will be absolutely dry. And this branching knot will prove reliable and start your fire without fail. Birch bark will start a fire even when the bark is damp. And it is one of the best things you can have as a starter for an outdoor, rainy day fire. Take your cue from the forest guides. And while in the woods always carry some dry birch bark in your pocket for a fire in case of rain. Camp fireplace One way to make the outdoor fireplace is to lay two green logs side by side on the ground in a narrow V-shape. But open at both ends, only a few inches at one end, a foot or more at the other. The fire is built between the logs, and the frying pan and pail of water, resting on both logs, bridge across the fire. Should the widest space between the logs be needed. Place two slender green logs at right angles across the V-logs, and have these short top cross logs near enough together to hold the frying pan set on them. Figure 26. When there are no green logs, build the fireplace with three rectangular sides of stone, open front, and make the fire in the center, the pots and pans rest across the fire on the stones. If neither stones nor logs are available, dig a circle of fresh earth as a safeguard and have the fire in its center. Here you will need two strong forked top stakes driven down into the ground directly opposite each other, one on each side of the circle. Rest the end of a stout green stick in the forked tops of the stakes, and use it to hang pots and pails from when cooking. A fire can also be safeguarded with a circle of stones placed close together. Another method of outdoor cooking may be seen on page 81, where leaning stakes are used from which to hang cooking utensils over the fire. One more caution about possibilities of causing forest fire. Terrible widespread fires have resulted from what was supposed to be unextinguished outdoor fire. Do not trust it. But when you are sure the campfire is out, pour on more water over the fire and all around the unburned edge of surrounding ground, then throw on fresh earth until the fire space is covered. Be always on the safe side. Tack up on a tree in the camp, where all must see it. A copy of the state laws regarding forest fires, as shown in photograph frontispiece. On forest lands much of the ground is deep with tangled rootlets and fibers mixed in with the mold, and a fire may be smoldering down underneath, where you cannot see it. Have a care. The permanent camp fireplace, built to do service for several seasons, is usually of big, heavy, green logs, stones, and earth. The logs, about three and one-half feet long, are built log cabin fashion, some 28 inches high with all crevices filled in and firmly padded with earth and stones. Big stones are anchored securely along the top of the earth-covered log sides and back of the fireplace, raising these higher than the front. The space inside the walled fireplace is very nearly filled up with earth, and the fire is built on the surf, 
surfaces of logs which may have been left exposed where the fire is to be made are safeguarded with earth figure 27. Such a fireplace is big, substantial, firm, and lasting. Many of them may be seen in the Adirondacks. They usually face the camp shelter, but are located at a safe distance, fully two yards, from it. Fires built in these are generally used as social cheer fires, but you can have the cheer fire even though the substantial fireplace be non-established if in the evening you pile more wood on the cook fire, making it large enough for all to gather around and have a good time, telling stories, laughing, talking, and singing. An excellent rule in camp is to have always on hand plenty of firewood, replenish the reserve stock every day as inroads are made upon it and have some sort of shelter or covering where the wood will be kept dry and ready for immediate use. Camp cooking. Provisions in the woods one is generally hungry except immediately after a good meal, and provisions and cooking are of vital interest to the camper. The list of essentials is not very long and, when the camp is a permanent one, non-essentials may be added to the larder with advantage. Bread of some kind will form part of every meal, and a few loaves freshly baked can be taken to camp to start with while you are getting settled. The quickest bread to cook is the delectable flapjack, and it is quite exciting to toss it in the air. See it turn over and catch it again if you can. Flapjacks mix dried flour, baking powder, and salt together. One good teaspoonful of royal baking powder to every two cups of flour, and one level teaspoonful of salt to a one quart four cups of flour. To make the batter, beat one egg and add one one two cups of milk or one cup of milk and one two cup of water, and sweetened condensed milk diluted according to directions on can may be used, carefully and gradually stir in enough of the flour you have prepared to make a creamy batter, be sure it is smooth and without lumps, then stir in one heaping teaspoonful of sugar, better still molasses, to make the cakes brown, grease the frying pan with a piece of fat pork or bacon, have the pan hot, and, with a large spoon or a cup, ladle out the batter into the pan, forming three small cakes to be turned by a knife, or one large cake to be turned by tossing. Use the knife to lift the edges of the cakes as they cook, and when you see them a golden brown, turn quickly, or, if the cake is large, loosen it, then lift the pan and quickly toss the cake up into the air in such a way that it will turn over and land safely, brown side up, on the pan, unless you are skilled in tossing flapjacks. Don't risk wasting the cake by having it fall on the ground or in the fire but confine your efforts to the small, knife-turned cakes, serve them, piping hot, and if there are no plates, each camper can deftly and quickly roll her flapjack into cylinder form of many layers and daintily and comfortably eat it while holding the roll between forefinger and thumb, keep the frying pan well greased while cooking the cakes, rubbing the pan with grease each time before pouring in fresh batter, flapjacks are good with butter, delicious with creamy maple sugar soft enough to spread smoothly over the butter, The sugar comes in cans, ordinary maple syrup can be used, but is apt to drip over the edges if the cake is held in the hand, while cooked cold rice mixed with the batter will give a delicate griddle cake and make a change from the regular flapjack. Biscuits Biscuits are more easily made than raised bread and so are used largely in its place while in camp. The proportions of flour and baking powder are the same as for flapjacks. 2-4 cups of flour mixed to teaspoonfuls of royal baking powder and 1 level teaspoonful of salt, add shortening about the size of an egg, either lard or drippings, divide the shortening into small bits and, using the tips of your fingers, rub it well into the dried flour just prepared, then gradually stir in cold water to make a soft dough, barely stiff enough to be rolled out 3-4 inch thick on breadboard, clean flat stone, or large, 
smooth piece of flattened bark, whichever is used must be well floured, as must also the rolling pin and biscuit cutter. A clean glass bottle or smooth round stick may be used as rolling pin, and the cutter can be a baking powder can, or the biscuits may be cut square, or 4 inches long and 2 inches wide with a knife. The dough may also be shaped into a loaf 3-4 inch thick and baked in a pan by planting the pan in a bed of hot coals, covering it with another pan or some substitute, and placing a deep layer of hot coals all over the cover. The biscuits should bake in about 15 minutes. For a hurry meal each camper can take a strip of dough, wind it spirally around a peeled thick stick, which has first been heated, and cook her own spiral biscuit by holding it over the fire and constantly turning the stick. Biscuits in common with everything cooked over a hot wood fire, need constant watching that they may not burn, test them with a clean splinter of wood, thrust it into the biscuit and if no dough clings to the wood the biscuits are done, Johnny cake served hot, split open and buttered, these Kentucky Johnny cakes with a cup of good coffee make a fine, hearty breakfast, very satisfying and good, allow one two cup of cornmeal for each person, and to every four cups of meal add one teaspoonful of salt, mix well, then pour water, which is boiling hard, gradually into the meal, stirring constantly to avoid having any lumps, when the consistency is like soft mush, have ready a frying pan almost full of hot drippings or lard, dip your hands into cold water to enable you to handle the hot dough, and, taking up enough cornmeal dough to make a large sized biscuit, pat it in your hands into a 3-4 inch thick cake and gently drop it into the hot fat, immediately make another cake, drop it into the fat, and continue until the frying pan is full. As soon as one Johnny cake browns on the lower side turn it over. Remove each cake from the fat as soon as done, and serve as they cook. Cornmeal must be thoroughly scalded with boiling water when making any kind of cornbread in order to have the bread soft and not dry and chaffy. For baked cornbread add two full teaspoons of baking powder and stir into eggs. After four cups of meal and one teaspoonful of salt have been thoroughly scalded and allowed to cool a little. Pour this cornmeal dough into a pan which has been generously greased, and bake. Cornmeal needs a hot oven and takes longer to bake than wheat flour biscuits. Cornmeal mush Cornmeal mush does not absolutely require fresh cream or milk when served. It is good eaten with butter and very nourishing. Many like it with maple syrup or common molasses. Time is required to make well-cooked mush. At least one hour will be necessary. 2-2 quarts of boiling. Bubbling water add 1 teaspoonful of salt and very slowly, little by little, add two cups of cornmeal, stirring constantly and not allowing the water to cease boiling, do not stop stirring until the mush has cooked about 10 minutes, it may then be placed higher up from the fire, where it will not scorch, and boiling water added from time to time as needed to keep the mush of right consistency, the cold mush may be made into a tempting dish, if sliced one two inch thick and fried a brown in pork fat, Many cold-cooked cereals can be treated in the same way, sprinkled with flour these will brown better. Kentucky bread Kentucky bread is made of flour, salt, and water. It is generally known as beaten biscuit. Mix two scant teaspoonfuls of salt with one quart of flour. Add enough cold water to make a stiff, smooth dough and knead, pull, and pound the dough until it blisters. The longer it is worked and beaten the better. Roll out very thin, cut round or into squares and bake. These biscuits may be quickly made, are simple and wholesome. Cocoa good cocoa may be made by substituting cold milk and cold water for hot. Follow directions on the can as to proportion, and add the cold liquids after the cocoa is mixed to a smooth paste, then boil. Either unsweetened condensed milk or milk powder can take the place of fresh milk. 
Coffee for every camper allow one tablespoonful of ground coffee, then one extra spoonful for the pot. Put the dry coffee into the coffee pot, and to settle it add a crumbled eggshell, then pour in a little cold water and stir all together, when there are no eggshells use nearly cold water. Add one cupful of cold water for each camper, and two for the pot. Set the coffee pot over the fire and let it boil for a few moments. Take it from the fire and pour into the spout a little cold water. Then place the coffee where it will keep hot not cook, but settle. Tea allow one scant teaspoonful of tea for each person. Scald the teapot. Measure the tea into the pot. And pour in as many cups of boiling water as there are spoonfuls of tea. Adding an extra cupful for the pot. Never let tea boil. Boiled potatoes wash potatoes. Cut out any blemish. And put them on to cook in cold water over the fire. They are much better boiled while wearing their jackets. Allow from one half to three quarters of an hour for boiling. Test them with a sliver of wood that will pierce through the center when the potato is done. When cooked pour off the boiling water. Set off the fire to one side where they will keep hot. And raise one edge of the lid to allow the steam to escape. Serve while very hot. Baked potatoes wrap each potato in wet leaves and place them all on hot ashes that lie over hot coals. Put more hot ashes on top of the potatoes. And over the ashes place a deep bed of red hot coals. It will require about 40 minutes or more for potatoes to bake. Take one out when you think they should be done. It's soft enough to yield to the pressure when squeezed between thumb and finger. The potato is cooked. Choose potatoes as near of a size as possible. Then all will be baked to a turn at the same time. Bean soup and baked beans look over one quart of dried beans. Take out all bits of foreign matter and injured beans. Then wash the beans in several waters and put them to soak overnight in fresh water. Next morning scald one one two pounds salt pork. Scrape it well. Rinse. And with one teaspoonful of dried onion or half of a fresh one. Put on to boil with the beans in cold water. Cook slowly for several hours. When the water boils low. Add more boiling water and boil until the beans are soft. To make soup. Dip out a heaping cupful of the boiled beans. Mash them to a paste. Then pour the liquid from the boiled beans over the paste and stir until well mixed, if too thin add more beans, if too thick add hot water until of the right consistency. Place the soup over the fire to a reheat, and serve very hot. To bake beans, remove the pork from the drained, partially cooked beans. Score it across the top and replace it in the pot in midst of and extending a trifle above the surface of the beans. Add one cup of hot water and securely cover the top of the pot with a lid or some substitute. Sink the pot well into the glowing coals and shovel hot coals over all. Add more hot water from time to time if necessary. Beans cooked in a bean hole rival those baked in other ways. Dig the hole about 1-1-2 feet deep and wide. Build a fire in it. And keep it burning briskly for hours. The oven hole must be hot. When the beans are ready, rake the fire out of the hole. Then sink the pot down into the hole and cover well with hot coals and ashes. Placing them all over the sides and top of the pot. Over these shovel a thick layer of earth, protecting the top with grass sod or thick blanket of leaves and bark, that rain may not penetrate to the oven. Let the beans bake all night. Bacon sliced bacon freshly cut is best, do not bring it to camp in jars or cans, but cut it as needed. Each girl may have the fun of cooking her own bacon. Cut long, slender sticks with pronged ends, sharpen the prongs and they will hold the bacon, or use sticks with split ends and wedge in the bacon between the two sides of the split. Then toast it over the fire. Other small pieces of meat can be cooked in the same way. Bacon boiled with greens gives the vegetable a fine flavor, as it also does string beans when cooked with them. It may, however, 
be boiled alone for dinner, and is good Friday for breakfast. Game birds game birds can be baked in the embers. Have ready a bed of red hot coals covered with a thin layer of ashes, and after drawing the bird, dip it in water to wet the feathers, then place it on the ash-covered red coals. Cover the bird with more ashes, and heap on quantities of red coals. If the bird is small it should be baked in about one half hour. When done strip off the skin, carrying feathers with it, and the bird will be clean and appetizing. Birds can also be roasted in the bean pot hole, but in this way, they must first be picked, drawn, and rinsed clean, then cut into good-sized pieces and placed in the pot with that pork, size of an egg, for seasoning, after pouring in enough water to cover the meat, fasten the pot lid on securely and bury the pot in the glowing hot hole under a heap of red-hot coals, cover with earth, the same as when baking beans, fish fish cooked in the embers is very good, and you need not first remove scales or fins, but clean the fish, season it with salt and pepper, wrap it in fresh, wet, green leaves or wet blank paper, not printed paper, and bury in the coals the same as a bird, when done the skin, scales, and fins can all be pulled off together, leaving the delicious hot fish ready to serve, to boil a fish, first scale and clean it, then cut off head and tail, if you have a piece of new cheesecloth to wrap the fish in it can be stuffed with dressing made of dry crumbs of bread or biscuits well seasoned with butter, or bits of pork, pepper, and a very small piece of onion, the cloth covering must be wrapped around and tied with white string. When the fish is ready, put it into boiling water to which has been added one tablespoonful of vinegar and a little salt. The vinegar tends to keep the meat firm, and the dressing makes the fish more of a dinner dish. Both, however, can be omitted. Allow about 20 minutes for boiling a 3-pound fish. The sooner a fish is cooked after being caught the better. To scale a fish, lay it on a flat stone or a log. Hold it by the head and with a knife scrape off the scales. Scale each side and, with a quick stroke, cut off the head and lower fins. The back fin must have incisions on each side in order to remove it. Trout are merely scraped and cleaned by drawing out the inside with head and gills. Do this by forcing your hand in and grasping tight hold of the gullet. To clean most fish it, 